When you're building a business around you, your expertise, your unique value proposition, it's important you have more than one offer. Instead of just creating things that people consume, you can also create programs and services that people participate in. Today, we're going to dive into 10 streams of income you can build into your leverage business model. See you on the inside. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every episode, I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching, or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing, and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hello, hello. How are you doing there? Uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're doing well. It's a challenging world we're living in right now, for sure. Full of twists and turns, no matter which country you're based in, right? It's understandably easy to let things get on top of you, to feel you can't move your business goals forward. So today I wanted to talk about ways to build some flexibility and security into your business model and find new ways to meet your clients and customers where they are and help you create new streams of income, even if to start with it's just a trickle. When you're building a business around you, your expertise, your unique value proposition, it's important you have more than one offer. Instead of just creating things that people consume, you can also create programs and services that people participate in and they love to participate in. Whether you're in consulting, coaching, training, e-commerce or direct sales to ensure your business grows in a consistent and scalable way, you're best not becoming too dependent on just one product line, service line or program. In this episode, I wanted to dive into a number of streams of income you can build into your leverage business model. And as I was writing these out, I came up to 10. So that seems plenty to be getting on with, right? And by that, I don't mean you should do all of them. That would be another layer of stress no one wants right now. Let me start by saying it's not about the money. The money, money, money. It's not about the money. You want to feel fulfilled and that's why you do what you do. To attract what you want, you have to be in the game of helping people get what they want. And while you build multiple streams of income, your business allows you choice and flexibility for yourself as well as for your customers and business partners. It enables you to cater for different audiences as not everyone will be right for your primary opportunity or your core offer. And in that sense, for me, there are three pillars that relate to how you go about your work rather than how you do it. And these are integrity, intelligence and energy. Everything you offer must align with your core purpose and values. Now, I'm not going to focus on that side of things today, but I wanted to put it out there so you really think about which of the income streams would integrate well into your business and which are not really for you or your customer. So let's dig in. And I want to talk about using different offers at different price points to create a value ladder. So bear that in mind, because first we're going to talk about the different ways you can make money, and then we'll talk about the offers and how you can stack them. 
There's a huge long list of possible things you can offer to your customers and clients. Products, services, programs, courses, trainings, ebooks, events, and so on. But it's not just a matter of going through the pros and cons of each individual offer, but also about how they work in synergy with your customer journey, getting to know, like, and trust you. First off, a question I often get asked is how many offers should I have? My advice is to have at least two offers, ideally three offers. Three is a good number and works visually when you set them out side by side, with the most popular one being usually the one in the middle. That's the one most people pick when it's presented in that way. But we're also talking about very different kind of offers. So it's not really a matter of just having a downsell and an upsell. That is something that can work for both B2C when you're enrolling individuals who are paying themselves and B2B when you're signing up an organization for a service or group training and they're paying for the people who are the beneficiaries of the work with you. For B2B though, the rules are somewhat different if your offer is a consulting engagement of some kind. So what we're talking about here is more a product type offer, even if it's a service or a course or a program of some kind. It's discreet, it's packaged, and there's a clear, if you buy this, here's what you get kind of offer. Make sense? Right, so let's talk about your offers and then we'll go through how you might present them at different times in the customer journey and different ways to stack them so it's a logical success pathway for people. Let's say you have created a core offer. That might be a course or a program or a service. And for the sake of an example, let's price it at $1,500 or, you know, $1,497, because that's the psychology of numbers, right? Your before and after offer should be at least one order of magnitude different in terms of price points. So in this example, your entry offer might be $150 and your premium offer is $15K. Now, you can absolutely play around with those numbers, remembering that there are some known thresholds where people sit comfortably and less comfortably. So for the $150, you should test 97, 147 and 197. And if you offer 97 and that converts really well, next time you can go up a notch. If you test 197 and you hear crickets, you go down a notch. Get the idea? So the same is true for premium offers. You're unlikely to get someone to buy a $15,000 program or service unless they've already had some kind of experience with you already. And even then, if they've done an entry-level thing and then your core program at, say, $1,500 or $2K, you'll need to evaluate what going premium actually means for what you do. One example is that your mid-price offer is a first step into a year-long program. So it's like a slice of the cake, not the whole cake. Another approach is that your core offer is a group-based program while your premium offer is a one-to-one option. And the actual price point depends entirely on the transformation you deliver for the customer. And I covered a lot about that in the two episodes I did on leveraging your value proposition, episodes 38 and 39. Let's crack on now with 10 types of offer to generate additional streams of income. And I'm going to whiz through the 10 possible things you can offer to your target market. And the first is a free product. Now, before you go off saying that's not a stream of income, think again. You know the concept of lifetime customer value, right? And the fact that offering something for free on the front end can increase your ability to get people to buy your offer on the back end. Well, that's why I've included it in the list of income streams. Number two is mini offers. You might consider creating an entry-level, low-cost product. 
There are different schools of thought about this, so consider what makes sense to your business, your price points, and your particular clientele. A mini offer can vary in price, but it's usually something that lowers the barrier to take up your core offer. Products like a short guide or course, a video training, or a set of templates, or perhaps a bundle of things. These are sometimes called tiny offers, one-off promos, and they vary from $27 up to $97. And I've seen some offer a $7 test drive for a membership, so it's really not set in stone. The principle is the focus here on it being an entry point. It's something that someone can easily say yes to and kind of bite your hand off. You might say it's a little bit of a lost leader, but generally speaking, a buyer is a buyer is a buyer, right? The third one is courses and programs. A course is a structured way to deliver information or education, but rarely transformation. For that, you'd need to blend in some group or one-to-one coaching sessions or consulting into the mix because you need a layer of interaction dialogue to take the learning up a notch. And that's why I prefer the term program than course or training for the kinds of things we do as consultants, coaches and practitioners. Now, it can be a short course or it could be a longer term program over several weeks. And like many offers, the price can vary from free to $500 and above. And at the higher price points, it's probably your core signature program out of everything. If it's likely to be a big leap for your target market, keep it low entry and low ticket. If you can articulate the value easily and it's worth more than a snippet, test it higher. If you're certified in a particular methodology or you're able to teach people specific topics or skills, you may be able to offer accredited courses or you might also consider delivering government funded courses. Because participants can get their course fees paid for entirely or in part by the government, there's less price resistance than when they're paying out of their own pockets. So you get more participants and you get a nice stream of income. To be eligible to offer courses funded by government varies from country to country and depending on what type of training you're offering. But you'll usually need to register and jump through some hoops. And it might be worth it for a regular stream of income, even if just for a filler or fallback, if your other income is more seasonal. Number four is to offer a VIP day or a roundtable. A VIP day or half day is an event where you invite a selection of your contacts to spend some quality time with you. It can be an action-packed training or a workshop or just a masterminding opportunity. VIP days are a great way to get a fast injection of cash when you need it. I've mostly used it within existing networks where people know me, and I've seen it used really well for those who have an active Facebook group or a community of some kind. I've seen it resurrect a tired, unresponsive list or group, and I've seen it oversubscribed. Given that people are really craving connection right now and they want more interaction in a small group setting, whether in person or a virtual mastermind, offering VIP days every so often or on a regular basis can be a great stream of income for you. If you're B2B, a roundtable works great as a VIP day for your existing clients. By switching the modality, people are often spurred into action and are keen to participate and they become more amenable to continuing to work with you. The fifth is a boot camp or challenge. Now, a boot camp is usually a series of trainings where you take people step by step through an action taking process. 
so they come out the other end with clarity and a plan for doing something specific. A challenge is like a mini version of that, or it can be a different name for the same thing. Up to you what you call it. And a lot of people run a boot camp or a challenge type training as a front end free offer, but you can also run it as a paid offer. Next up is number six, memberships. Memberships are all around us, but what everyone realizes is that there are a lot of different types of membership. Primarily, they're a mix of two main types. Those that are focused on content, they drip a new thing every week, an update, a resource, a template, a training, or deliver a monthly bundle. And there's those that are focused on community. They run events or workshops and actively work to create an experience, run challenges, provide a forum for questions and get discussions going. It's often said about memberships that people join for the content and stay for the community. Some people promote membership as a standalone offer, while others bundle it into their core course or program. So that includes six months free membership when someone joins or renews. Or they provide a membership only for graduates of their program, like an added inner circle bonus for alumni for continuity after the program finishes. Number seven is online webinars, workshops and masterclasses. Again, you may think webinars are usually free events used as part of your front end marketing, but they can also be paid events and provide an additional stream of income. Webinars are getting a bit of a bad name now because they're increasingly seen as the method of choice for a thinly disguised sales event. A presentation with a tiny bit of value and a lot of pitching. It's a shame because webinars are a really great way to get a fresh shot of up-to-date thinking on a specific topic you're interested in. And when that's not what you end up getting, it very much annoys people and has the opposite effect of what you intended. People are careful where and how they spend their money and they're equally careful and protective about where and how they spend their time. Calling your webinar a workshop or a masterclass may circumvent that problem. Just make sure you deliver value so it's doing the job you need it to do. And those who pay and attend come away feeling that they got value and it was money and time well spent. Number eight is books. Writing and publishing and marketing a book may be a high-end task for a small income, but like the free offer I mentioned first, it's not about making money off book sales. It's about the payoff down the road when people get what you're about from your book and can see the value of working with you through your courses, programs or services. And of course, it doesn't have to be a fully fledged, you know, printed copy version of a book. It can actually be an ebook. And in fact, if you don't go down the Amazon route, you can sell the book free plus shipping, or you can ask for $27 and turn it into a mini offer. Number nine on our list is done for you services. Now, this isn't the most leveraged way to earn a living, but agency services can be quite a nice little earner. When I stopped my wellness business back in 2010, I sold 20 articles to a health coach for £10,000. There's money in it. If you write well and it's a bit more nuanced than content providers or a VA could do, people will buy it. It made me realize that line of revenue could be quite lucrative. Is there something you can do quickly and easily that others find really hard? Offer it as a done-for-you service. If there are people offering these same services, how could you differentiate on quality, speed, or some level of quirkiness or innovation? In my consulting business, we've been able to offer all kinds of things for our existing clients, from article writing, data analysis, evaluations, 
to book formatting, audio editing, sales letters and graphic design. And here we are already at number 10, and that is affiliate products. There are literally thousands of tools and products and courses that you can become an affiliate of and then recommend these to your target market. A lot of people shy away from doing this. The same reason they find it hard to ask for any sale, they find it embarrassing. Some people will cover it up that they earn commission on recommending things, while others are totally open about it. My take is to be transparent and recommend in full service to the customers. It doesn't mean that you have to give an unbiased view. We all have our preferred tools, products, and services, don't we? So if people trust you and understand you're recommending something in full integrity and with their best interest at heart, it's perfectly fine to earn a little commission if they buy something from your affiliate link. You were the one who brought it to them, right? You didn't hold them at knife point or go about it in a sneezy way. You did it because it might be of interest. I do this on my business tools page in my website and I do it on Amazon products. I do it on a few product launches, rarely, but some people's stuff I really like or I've bought from them myself. So why wouldn't I share that with people? We live in a world of celebrity and product influencers and I think we shirk away because we don't want to be like them, right? So just do it in integrity and be honest about why you recommend something and let the other person decide. So that is 10 additional streams of income. I'm sure there are actually a ton of other things too, which would make sense for you. I'd like to turn now to the topic of marketing plans that attract your audience, because it's all well and good having a multitude of offers, but you still need to get them in front of an audience. So I'm going to finish this episode talking about how to attract your target market. Otherwise, it's all a bit pointless, isn't it? First, if you have an existing client or customer base, you can offer them the thing that makes the next logical sense for them. So here's a few examples. If they're already a B2B consulting client, you could offer an event where they get to meet each other and get more value from the collective minds of the group. So from the list of 10, you could offer number three, four, seven, and or nine, a course, a VIP day or masterclass, or a done for you service. And if they're a warm B2C audience, you might do something similar. And if they're fairly new to you, just joined your list or started to engage with you on social media, you're going to want to test out their appetite with a lower end offer. So number two, three or 10, a mini offer, a challenge or bootcamp and a relevant tool that you're an affiliate for. And obviously, if they're not yet leads, get them on your list with number one, a free giveaway. In any of these examples, remember to think about what's relevant and timely for them based on what you know about the market and where they are in the customer journey. You may need to educate people on why something is important, help them see what's currently perhaps in a blind spot for the problem they have. You want to be selective about your offers, you know, message market match kind of stuff. Tune into what you're hearing about in podcasts, in client meetings, on social media, where is there a hungry demand for information or training on a particular topic? What kinds of services are people needing to help speed up something they want to achieve? Remember to tap into other people's audiences too. You can approach people and just ask for help and support to get your offer out. Guesting on podcasts, getting featured on high traffic websites. It may even be worth running a low cost ad campaign if it converts well and it's profitable. You can submit articles to magazines and if you work regionally, you could get on local radio shows. Where are your audiences beyond your own sphere of influence? 
So let's summarise with a quick list of what you need to get ready for making these different offers. So first of all, you need an offer stack. Out of the list covered today or whatever else creative you've come up with. Next, you need a marketing game plan that gets your content out there in front of other people's audiences so that you can make your offer. Thirdly, you need a signature talk that delivers value and gets you known as the expert for your topic. You may also want to have a branded site of some kind, either your website or a LinkedIn profile, that's got unique content for your expert topic and authority that your offer sits within. And finally, you want to have a high-value, unique giveaway that gets people onto your list. So was this helpful? Has it given you some ideas? I'd love to hear what resonates the most. What will you do? What help you need? Just drop me a line by email to j at jallison.com or via our Facebook group, The Leverage Living Cup. All the links are in the show notes for this episode. And that's all for today. And I will see you again in the next episode. Ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to The Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So, hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.